This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. As part of this special series funded by the European Cultural Foundation, I'm delighted to be working with artist and activist Isaiah Lopez to share exclusive first listens to his new project, Anthology Appendix. Anthology Appendix is a multimedia project centered around queer black fiction and includes readings, rituals, discussions, and performances. Today's story is on not dying in Germany. While waiting for her sons to visit, an old woman speaks to her long-gone husband about the secrets shrouded in their union, her desire to die at home, and her fear that she will be buried not once, but twice. On Not Dying in Germany explores secrets, assimilation, colorism, and loss, and is voiced by Isaiah Lopez. On Not Dying in Germany by Isaiah Lopez. Marguerite. I'm determined not to die here. You can laugh if you want to. Go ahead. I guess I deserve it. I have been a pushover. I've been so meek all of my life, obedient, never wanted to rock the boat. So it's gonna, it's gonna hit him over the head like a ton of bricks. And I won't be there to clean it all up. I won't even hear their cries or hear them sucking in their teeth. I'm not even gonna tell them. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna leave. You know they'll try to stop me. And I just might let them. No fool like an old fool. And you know what that means. Don't even give them a chance. Don't do anything to give them the upper hand. I, I always did that, even with you. Oh, well, you can sit over there pouting and looking all, well, forlorn if you like. The horn, the horn, whose sound is so forlorn. Remember that in Clint's music class? Yeah. But you ran me too sometimes. Yes, you did. You did. Heck, you should be able to admit it now because all that was a long time ago. Reggie, it was a lifetime ago. I bought a ticket so that I can go and stay at Ninita's. We ain't gonna do nothing but make a mess, but it'll be fun. She doesn't care anymore. Everybody that cared is dead. All of them. I went to almost all of their funerals. Mama, Big Daddy, Cleodora, Thornton, Uncle Dale... All of them dead and gone, and only Big Daddy on the altar with Granny Grand Grand, Aunt Annetta, and Great Great. Great Great always liked you. Everybody liked you. You knew that, though. I'm going to miss Miss Pia. Me and Miss Pia, she pushes me, too. She don't know neither. We always meet at her apartment. Everything's there, always there. Her kids. Her kids know. She said they have to know. 
She said after her husband died, so did her secrets. All the chains and everything else she carried, she just let them drop on the floor. She said she didn't have to do it no more. What's the point in letting the dead rule us? With laws, they don't even remember writing. I know I could tell the boys, eventually. Heck, I'm leaving. I can do what I want. If Pia would sleep over just twice a month, it would be enough. It would be for sure that Rodney would catch us. He just, now you know, I told that boy to call before he just show up, but he just shows up. The emergency key is for emergencies only. He don't listen. None of them do. Even before you died, they act like I was the dumbest thing they ever saw, except maybe Smitty. Smitty gonna be the only one to miss me. I'ma miss him too. I'ma miss them all, even if they hate me. They wish it was me instead of you. I don't, I don't know if I blame them. I certainly don't feel sorry for myself. They respected you. They needed you. Except maybe Smitty. You were just too hard on him. And hard for the wrong reasons, Reggie. It wasn't going to leave him. Where the, well, I ain't going to finish that sentence, but there was just too much of it. Where was it supposed to go? Where, Reginald? That, that was the only time I was mad at you, and I mean really mad at you. That and you just not wrapping that shit up. We knew that people were dying. Shit, I said shit. You know I hate cussing. He didn't have to be like us, because he had us. Not like us. Not like your mama. To this day, it's funny to me how the mamas who always know, they be the ones to get so, so like they want to beat it out of you. Beat you till you black and blue, more violent than some of the men sometimes, although comparison don't make sense because the violence of your, of your sex is something else. It's not our violence, but they play on each other sometimes. They do. They feed each other. I worry about him even though he take medication for it. Suppose it run out one day, or he can't afford it, or they decide to get rid of, to get rid of them one day, all of them, and then you can't get no more. Then what he gonna do? You got it, and he got it. And I think he ran toward it because he was running for something, for anything that felt like affection, no matter what it cost. Don't worry, I blame me too. As much as I blame you, Reginald, I blame me too. And yes, even there, even where you at, you know you got to shoulder some of the blame. What would have happened if we lived our lives out loud? If we, if we were brave, that's a stupid question, a foolish thing to muse upon. It was a different time. Today, it's a different world. Tomorrow, I... Sometimes I think about her. Actually, I think about her a lot. I can still see her at Granny Grand Grand's screen door with her straw hat. I think it belonged to her daddy and that white dress she wore that hugged her in all the right places. She always wore her hair back then in two long braids, eyes big as saucers. She never smiled much. I don't think she had a lot to smile about. But I remember the first time we, we did what we did. She must have just had watermelon tea, because I could smell it. I could taste it, too. She's still alive. I saw her in a picture. If I wrote to her now, I wouldn't know what to say. She got grandchildren, too. At least her grandchildren look like her. At least she got that. 
Why they all only date them? Why? I don't know if it's because we raised them here. Would they have found them, sought them out back home? I knew, I guess I knew that one of them was going to marry White. Well, Smitty not married and probably ain't never going to marry, but he bring over a different buckra, I swear, every time. Every time, Reginald. We didn't raise him to hate themselves. Clint wanted a family photo for that lofty bot where he can't house the three different kids he got from the three different Saskias he fooled around with. What is it about kingmen and condoms? Why don't y'all use them? Well, I showed up for the portrait. It was a big old mess. Clint's eldest fight like cats and dogs and look more like twins than they got different mamas. The baby girl looked like she white. She got just a little something in her color that make you question, and it's in having to ask that you know. But Buckras ain't got a clue. Clint say he have problems picking her up from this and that. What did he think was going to happen, honestly? Rodney and his wife got the three kids. Now, I will say this. Those boys run him. They run him and Julia. Oh, I'm sorry, Julia. She don't care for me. I'm a pushover for my boys, but I ain't dropping my jacket on a puddle for her to walk on over. No siree, Bob. She called herself getting mad because she, get this, when we were on vacation together, why I let them convince me to go anywhere with them, I do not know, and why I thought I was going to relax. But anyway, she wanted me to give up the room that I booked because her parents didn't book a room for themselves. She said that I could sleep on a rollaway with the boys, and wouldn't that be fun? I don't see them as much as her parents see them, you know, a little jab in the ribs, but I dodged it. I told her if the kids was better behaved, I could look after them more than I do. I wanted to tell her to shove it, but I gave her a Miss Sophia, hell nah. She too used to Rodney running around like Chicken George bending over backwards for her. I do feel sorry for him sometimes. I know it's his choice, but when she say jump, he land on Mount Everest. But when I told her nah, well, you should have seen her face. Knowing you, death ain't gonna stop you from shows like this. I can still see you looking out the window watching other people living their lives, knowing all their business. You was there. I know you was. Staring through the window just like you used to do. When I was being pushed here and there and all around the boys and the grandkids and everybody else, I kept thinking about the picture we was about to take. How many years would it hang in Clint's loft or at Rodney's and Broomhilda's? They kids gonna marry white kids, the boys and the girls, especially Rodney's, I can tell. Sometimes he talk about black women like he think I'm not even in the room. Truth is, and it hurts, it's sad to say it out loud, but the truth is, he know I'm there. He don't care. He got so much ugly to say about black women. I think he mad because the only black woman he loved, and I think she was real fond of him too. Well, he did what y'all kings be doing. The day she found out, I watched from the window. And no, I wasn't being like you. I heard him screaming all the way up. She hit him right upside the head and was never to be seen again. At least, we didn't see her again. After that, he dated the same little white girl a hundred times over, plain nothing special about her. I know he likes blondes, but most of these girls, even the color blonde they had was stale. The kind of girls no white man wanted. The kind who were princesses to black men and later queens. I saw them, our offspring. They gonna be white. All roads lead to that. No trace of us. Well, then I started thinking, what happens to this family portrait? One, two generations from now, where are it gonna be? 
And where are we in them and the way they see the world? Do we have offspring who hide us in some dark, moldy basement? Is the me in the photograph to become something, something to be forgotten? Or do we have the people who are just a little bit too proud? Because that could also be a thing. They might carry themselves like they don't even have a drop of black blood, but they'll all be on the fireplace with the boys. They'll mention us to say that they got it too. They understand, and how dare you say that to me? My mother's father's mother was black, and I have the picture to prove it. And I'll be that proof, the image of me all the way in the back, wearing the colors I like, even the ones you told me I was too dark for. On that day, we took a picture to show that, yes, we are a family. And yes, I wore pastels, even though you told me bold colors were best for me, except on the lips. They'll be giving me the picture later on, but I'm going to leave it here where it belongs. That's not how I want to remember us. That's not how I want to think of myself being remembered or forgotten. How can you hate yourself so much that you hope that in two generations you'll be completely washed out? I guess I can't say anything about it because I have, well, I too have done terrible things to erase a part of myself that I was tricked into thinking disgusted me. They do as I did, with Smitty being the bravest one of us all, with some white boy of the week always following our goober around. At least Smitty does Smitty. He sure does like him dumb, but he's always gone after what he likes. There's something honest about that, even if it's not always admirable. Well, they'll be here in a minute. I better wash up quickly. You coming, or are you just going to sit there looking blank and put upon? You sure are quiet today. I know you don't approve, Reggie, but you don't have a say in the matter. You already left them. You left me too. Gone before your time. We were always going to keep up the charade. Dominoes on Friday nights, vacations in warm countries, leaving separately on the way to other people's houses, our other people. Sometimes meeting over fried eggs, hash browns, and bacon if we could still eat it. And I don't anymore. But that was the plan. Gone too soon, Mr. King. Gone too soon. But the kids, they groan. It's okay for me to leave, too. We came here, they learned the language, and they became like them. As much as they complained about not knowing who they were, not fitting in, I watched them change. I felt them. They were different. And then after you died, they didn't want to speak to me in English. God, I hate this language. Living here made me also hate English, even if nothing could make me hate the language of Toni Morrison. I know what it is now, having lived here and swallowed another tongue. English isn't mine either. Home isn't home. It's just a place that makes sense to die in. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. I'll make my way back. It's home or bust. Ah, there it is. I made you smile, old friend. Old husband who made me a young widow. An old friend who made a covenant with me. We covered each other's tracks, we did. Sort of. People kept talking, but after the second year and the seventh, what could they say? We would have stuck it out to the end, the end we planned on. You took me far away from them and from her and the disappointment, the disapproval. That thing, those things that I, I'm learning to let go of, like Miss Pia said, we tried to squash it. We did what we were supposed to do, but she wanted it all. We both did. The difference is, I knew from the age of three that I couldn't have it all. I knew it all along. 
but especially when there was not one, but then two and then three little feet running around. And I thought I was going to lose my mind, to lose my goddamn mind, but maybe not God-forsaken mind. You thought that nothing could touch you. I knew that so many things had already touched me, things that could color and shape a moment, a life. We were becoming friends again, and it took you. Death did us part. And I feel so many things at once. I feel sad. I miss you. I love you. And even parts of the lie that was our life. The lie that meant that when our lips moved, we lied just a little bit less. I hated raising our kids by myself. I was glad that you had Lewis right up to the end, and that he helped things stay put, stay hidden. You made it all look so easy back then, even on the day you died. You were like, that's it. And of course no one found out. The army doctor made sure of that. He thought I didn't know. And why would I have known? It's not like I was that way too, and we were both in hiding, hiding in our marriage. You make this look easy too, being there. You show up when you want to. We leave a place for you. Whenever we can, we leave a place for you. We leave your favorite plate. It's going to break right down the middle, but not today. When I die, I won't be on anyone's altar. Oh well. This is the last time we'll eat together. I'm leaving a week from today. I won't be surprised if I die next week. Well, I, I guess I won't be surprised because I'll be dead. I just might be dead. Poor Ninita, she'll figure it out. All I know for sure is that I'm not dying here. Not here. Wait a second. Is that the door? Oh, the here now. And you? Well, that figures. You always left at the wrong time, Reginald. But I'm used to it. I'm used to it. Now let me go answer this door. Can't they be late for once? Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 